This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 94, European Gigolo. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's right. Good, Paul. I like that. Is that theoretically? Eh, that is a sequel. Yeah, that is. You're right. It is a sequel. Is it that nineties? It is not nineties. Okay. I cheated a little bit. Okay, whatever. It'll, it'll go. Is it a sequel of a nineties movie? Uh, I think that was. Yeah, I think it was ninety nine. Was it? Was it two thousand? Deuce Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow, male Gigolo. Look it up. Somebody ninety nine. Ninety nine. Got Nailed it. With me, as always, are my fellow man whores, Colin Herman. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely that. No subtitle has ever been so fit for me. <laughs> and Wes Allen. Rabbit is good. Rabbit is wise. <laughs> that's a deep hole. I bet you don't know what that's from. I don't. I don't. I would it's like from Twister. It's from Twister. Oh, okay. Ooh, that is a deep I've seen cut. that many a time, but I did not. Yeah. Very that's for those cut. sitting in the back there. Yeah. Oh, we see you. We see you in yeah, the back. I see you. You with a Twister t-shirt. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Wes is here for you. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, coming back, guys. We're trickling these episodes slowly, but surely. Oh, yeah. Um, got, you know, we're getting, we're 94, so the prostate's just not working as well as it should, but the trickle is going. I'm sorry. That's just, that's a terrible metaphor. Uh, it is, works. This is what happens when you're just out of. It's a little slower. Out of sync. You know? A little, yeah, a little slower. Size of, the, size of a honeydew down there, you know? <laughs> That's what you got to do. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, this is the one where we catch up on all the news. Oh, we, yeah. haven't, uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. So there's Since, a lot of like, news. June. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to get through. So, I mean, we're going to just we're gonna jump on through it, if you guys don't mind. No pleasantries this time around. This is what we like to call a recurrent affair. Oh, you know, actually, while we're talking about it in the season, I actually went through a haunted house for the first time in a decade. And the scariest thing they played was uh, that song the entire time (laughs) over and over. That is creepy. Yeah. Horrifying. Nightmares. Nightmares. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is the stuff of nightmares. Indeed. Uh, So, well, uh, keeping on with the uh, spooky theme. Is that spooky? I don't know. We talk about dead people. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about people who die. We always kick this off with the, uh, the people of our childhood who have passed on. Mm. And, of course, we have to lead it off with Norm MacDonald. We haven't talked about him yet. Mm. Um, Moment of silence. It was really sad and almost a shock. Oh, do you want to do the nor- the silence? Sorry. Uh, I mean, you can, do it. you can do it in post if you need to. Here we are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look at <laughs> uh, 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 so You're going to add it right there probably. <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Or I'll just leave that in as that was. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys knew moments of silence on your own for Norm MacDonald. Uh, this was kind of a surprise. This kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he had a private battle with cancer. And very few people knew about it, I guess. Uh, it was not public. He died at the age of 61. Um, and it's very sad. I mean, he definitely was a big presence in the 90s uh, through Saturday Night Live. And then, you know, as a... As a character in a bunch of 
comedy movies that we know and love, including uh, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, which is uh, <laughs> why I did the, uh, the subtitle there. Very appropriate. So, uh, yeah. And so. the award-winning uh, Dirty Work. Yes. Know, yes. Academy Award-winning Dirty yeah. Work. I think I still to this day think, I think Dirty Work is a very underrated movie. I enjoy I agree. that movie. Yeah, yes. I, but I think when we had our SNL uh, episode, we all are, which I didn't realize, we were all very huge fans of Norm Macdonald. So, you know, yeah. it, it's definitely sad to see him go, especially since we were kind of ranting and raving about him earlier this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. definitely uh, are we about to un- say the same thing? Oh. I don't know. Unconventional sense of humor. Were you going to talk about that? I was going to say definitely the best uh, weekend update host. Oh, ever. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which, you know, people tend to think the person that they kind of watched when they were kids is the best weekend update person. Unless maybe that was Colin Quinn for some people. Um, but Norm, Norm McDonald, for sure. I Dude, just like Colin the, his Quinn's dry the wit. <laughs> Norm McDonald's dry wit and his humor was perfect for that role for the weekend update person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about the way, I mean, I probably said it in that SNL episode, but there's something about the way that he like cherishes the setup of a joke more than the punchline that just like, I I feel like I catch myself doing it in a way that actually drives my wife a little bit crazy. Like she'll <laughs> say what I'm trying to get to and I'm like, woman, you like ruined my entire setup. Like that was the whole point of the story. The story <laughs> itself sucks. It's actually like the setup of telling it in a silly way that makes it fun. And uh, she's come around on that now. But uh, I think I tell my I can see where I learned this. Like the journey is more fun than the destination from him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was like a ton of clips that naturally released after he he passed. And like somebody posted a video of him on Conan. And it was like the best. (laughs) It was titled the best joke ever. And it was a, a joke about a moth. And it was like this long, exaggerated thing for such a simple uh, punchline if you ha- I can't do it justice so just look it up if you haven't seen it but it's, it's yeah. that's yeah, exactly lived, the point that Colin's making it's like the yeah. setup is so good he lived in the cringe and the yeah. uncomfortable I remember watching him I can't remember whose roast it was it was Bob Saget's he did a roast for somebody where he got up there and well, first of all, the whole time while he was on the panel, you know, while somebody was up there giving jokes and stuff, they would show the panel, everybody sitting there. He'd be he'd have a newspaper out and he'd just <laughs> yeah. be reading the newspaper the whole time. And people would laugh. <laughs> the camera would cut to him and he'd just like look up surprised from his new newspaper, like, what's going on? <laughs> and then he would get up there and all of his jokes were like the worst jokes, but in the best way. Very, very cheesy dad jokes and like clearly were not actual roasts but were just very very poorly constructed (laughs) insults and it was so awkward but so hilarious because it was so awkward he just masterfully did it and and that's what i feel like is such a magical part of the way that he conveyed himself a lot is like he was never really uncomfortable it was the fact that you were uncomfortable by his cadence and the way that you're like, aren't you done yet? Like you had that feeling as an audience member more so than he was conveying. Like he was so content in like his pace and so comfortable in it. Whereas like maybe in contrast, you have like Tom green who was in the same mind space of like trying to make things uncomfortable, but you're watching him be uncomfortable. 
yeah and just relishing in it in like this weird way that he's like inviting you to match him instead of him being the comfortable person and you're the only awkward person. I don't know. I just, I feel like the nuance of the way that Norm did that of like, he was just so happy to be at an obnoxiously slow pace than the rest of humanity was operating at. And, uh, it just made the rest of us be like, is he a genius? Am I the weird one? Like it was, it was great. (laughs) I loved it. Did you guys follow him on Twitter? Absolutely. Sadly, no, I didn't. I, well, I had to unfollow him because I, I, this had to have been a joke. This is like so Norm MacDonald. It got so annoying because he would live tweet like third rate golf tournaments. Yes. Like he, like a shot for shot live tweet. Them. Like, <laughs> and it's not like the masters that he's doing this for. It's like, I mean, it's PGA stuff, but it's, 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 you know, and, the only like huge golf fans are watching these tournaments and he's live to like every little thing. Like Jordan Spieth <laughs> lining up to, you know, third stroke out of the sand trap. <laughs> it's just like, why, why would anybody care who's following Norm McDonald? What's going on in these golf tournaments? It's so I, I just know that's just like his type of, of humor where he's just playing a joke on everybody. Mm-hmm. So has okay. this actually turned into a Norm Macdonald episode? It kind of has. Okay, yeah. let's just let's just ride it out. Stay let's there. Just do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, ki- I killed it. I'm sorry. We don't. Uh, yeah, we don't have the time to talk about all the things we loved about Norm Macdonald's comedy. We do have time to talk about more people who died. So we have Biz Marquis is the next person up, which you may know uh, his. Song just oh baby you yeah. mm-hmm. exactly you got what I need very 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 popular single that is popular to this day people just like it kind of gets revived in commercials and stuff or movies and just, like a new generation of people yeah tend to like start to blare it on their loudspeakers and sing along with it uh, he died of diabetes at the age of fifty seven so he's pretty young yeah very sad but. Oh, um, does anybody is anybody familiar of any other work that he's done? No, I mean not particularly. Like he was uh, in like a rap era that I definitely like benefited from, but did not follow in right. that sense. So, and he was like a like, New York rapper in that sense. So, like even though like yeah. the East Coast West Coast thing is no longer existent uh. in that sense, it was a big deal. You know, in our sort of growing up years, where like you only listen to one side or the other. So, uh, yeah. I definitely knew you know, the just a friend song, but beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot outside of that, that I knew of his work, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I'm sure that he got into a lot of producing and stuff, you know, in the more mm-hmm. recent years, but that was definitely, you know, his most well-known hit, obviously. RIP Charlie Robinson. He was known from night court. If you ever watched night court, he played Mac. Uh, he, Died of a way had cancer, but also died of cardiac arrest at the age of 75. Did you watch Night Court? I did watch Night Court. Okay. Um, I've never seen it. I, I I barely remember his character. I definitely watched it. I remember John Larroquette, you know, and I remember uh, like certain characters from it. And I remember liking it in spite of it being way over my head as far as age demographic. But uh Yeah. It was uh, it was a fun one to watch. It's funny. I actually know him 
this is really odd, but like I know him more from being the head of the network in home, uh, home improvement. <laughs> he was the yeah. head of, he was the head of the network that Tool Time was right, on. Right, right. And uh, there's a very hilarious gift that he has become notorious for now, but <laughs> that is from that show. But mm. that is a really funny uh, deep cut about his career path. I'm sure. Uh, well, you know, c- continuing along with Night Court, unfortunately, Marky Post um, played a public defender. I don't remember. The name was uh, Christine. I'm trying to remember Christine. Uh, That one's escaping my memory right now. But uh, she also had cancer at the age of 70. Um, Yeah, I should have brushed up on my night court before this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, recently I was like, maybe I should check out Night Court. And it's not streaming anywhere. You can only buy the DVDs. Like, you can't watch it in any way. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so. in looking this up, I realized like she was in something about Mary, but I was like, I haven't seen that movie in yeah since it happened. Oh quite yeah, some I remember. Time. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember on something about Mary. Um, yeah, it's uh, hold on a second, lost my place. Moving along, we are saying R.I.P. to Arthur. <laughs> Finally ending after <laughs> 25 seasons. First season was in 96, but it's, uh, you know, hey, we remember Arthur. We know it from its memes. We know it Ra- from- Raise your hand if you still knew that it was going on. Nobody? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no know. one's raising their hands. <laughs> Had no idea it was still going on. But popular PBS cartoon, I didn't actually really get into it. I knew of it, you know, back in the day. But uh, I yeah, think it was slightly beyond our time. Well, it was. Watching. Here's the thing: if you had cable, you didn't watch Arthur. You watched like Nicktoons, yeah. you watched Nickelodeon, uh, you watched Disney Channel. Arthur was like the PBS. That was the you know the kids. I mean, not the people who had cable unless it's Wishbone. PBS, but oh yeah, yeah. Wishbone, unless it's Wishbone, that was the only Ghost PBS Rider. thing that was that was good. So yeah, there were there were some that stood out for sure. Um, but like, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I got more interesting like you know uh, Rocco's Modern Life to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My, Whereas Arthur's like all educational and nice or whatever. But my first exposure to Arthur was pre his show. Like, uh, our, do you did you all ever have like computer class? Like you would have oh, PE yeah. art class. Yeah, yeah, you have computer class. I remember there was like when they first started introducing CD ROMs. They first started kind of doing as more educational things, and Arthur was like one of the main characters they would do kind of educational CD ROMs with. So we would, I, I think I remember that. I play those in game with him. Yeah. yeah. So like that was my first exposure, at which I, I believe it, it had to have been pre the show since it started in '96. So uh, hmm. I was probably in maybe second, third grade or something when that happened. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know the history of Arthur. Yeah. I assumed it just started as the show, but yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Well, did you already say the fact about the Simpsons? Like it's the second. I did not. So yeah. So it's the longest running children's animated series and the second longest running animated series behind the Simpsons. So there's 25 seasons, which uh, it's about 10 seasons behind or not 10, (laughs) about eight seasons behind seven seasons behind the Simpsons there. Yeah. So gosh, still crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea it was still on. No idea. But why would I? I'm 36. <laughs> hey, but you know, The Simpsons is still on, so here we are. Yep, here we are. 
It'll never die. True. And we don't watch either. No. Fair. Although you can go to Disney Plus and you can just click on a random episode for The Simpsons, just random randomize it, which I've thought about doing. Hmm. But I feel like if I do that, it's going to put it on something from like season 18 and I'm just going to be upset that I'm not watching season eight. <laughs> you know, hmm. like I'm just going to be like, ah, forget it. and turn it to a episode I like. Need like a I will say I love childhood. I love that Disney Plus during Halloween segments them into all the, ha- yeah. the, the Treehouse of Horror episodes. So you can just like watch them back to back to back and not have to scroll through like, which is it the second or third episode of each season or whatever. Like you can just watch them. So I, this past year I've watched all of them. So like, nice. I've, like I used to have, uh, I used to watch it every year, but I kind of dropped off like a few years ago, but like, yeah. I got to catch up. But yeah, it's definitely My- dipped in quality for sure. But <laughs> yeah. My nieces and nephews have gotten super into The Simpsons, and I, it, it uh, touches my heart. It's great. Although they've been watching all the like new episodes and stuff, and I'm having to educate them. Like, hey, no, like, just you know, if you go to like the first few seasons, it's way better. Yeah. But anyway, and watching the Disney four Plus, by three, not the wide. Yes. Well, they they don't allow you. They do it on the wide screen. I don't think they have an option for four by three. Which kind they of changed me. it. They, oh, they changed they? it like because they got so much flack that like you can see certain oh. jokes and stuff because it was cropped yeah. out. But, but you have to like dig for it. They don't make it okay. obvious. Yeah, I looked for it. I feel like recently and I didn't see it. But anyway, R.I.P. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Disney Plus, we've got the Rocketeer coming. It's mm. Disney Plus movie. It's the return of the Rocketeer. Uh, it may be okay. It I hope it's good. okay. Maybe. I really do. I don't. I used to love the Rocketeer. I was really obsessed with it when I was real little. But uh, <laughs> me too. Help oh, me out with a pronunciation, David Oyelowo. Oyelowo. Oyelowo mm-hmm. is the star and producer of this. It's a new story that will portray a retired airman who takes up the mantle of the Rocketeer. Which he so. played uh, Martin Luther King jr on selma mm-hmm. so, so he's an established actor and it's like one thing that actually gives me hope about this is that it's not like a teeny bopper or like some young spout it's like it's a established actor that's older so i feel like it, it will be taken more seriously like yeah. i feel like that's the other thing is like it's, it's not just, a jonas brother coming in yeah, exactly <laughs> but it's like it's still a disney plus <laughs> thing which we've seen it can either tip one of two ways it can either go mandalorian or it can go turner and hooch so right. it's like which way does it go yeah yeah that's, that's a good demarcation <laughs> yeah i hope they do it really well for sure in the sense of like i think like you're saying Corey, like a lot of us have a lot of uh reverence to just the awe of like is that going to be possible in my lifetime that i feel like it sort of gifted us as kids and so i'm like am i going to have a rocket pack in my life like the movie's making it seem like they did it before me in some weird way that i think uh makes me excited for them to do it with the new technology that they have available to them if depending on what era they set it in entirely but mm-hmm. that's my main question about it, is that is it going to be set in an older time period like the original one was or is it going to be current day so yeah. i don't know and they've not been clear on that yet they haven't even released a trailer or anything for it that i've seen uh, or any like even like stills of it that I've seen at all. So uh, if it has Jennifer Connelly in it, that that wouldn't make me mad. I'd be great with that. 
for reasons, but I think that would be uh, a gift to all of us who have enjoyed it as children. So we have the Shira live action series, then development at Amazon. Um, you have DreamWorks a part of it. And uh, I don't know, I feel like we've talked about this, like with, with uh, He-Man and how we, that was a little before our time. So neither, I think neither of us are really that knowledgeable of that universe. But uh, those of you who are older than us, Shira, yeah, do do chime in. Yeah, I I do feel like it's a good opportunity for like the female uh, demographic, as far as like someone that might be really into Wonder Woman or something like that. I feel like that's like a good kind of take for it, or maybe even like Xena, the Warrior pr- Princess, or something like that. Like mm. a live action version of it would be super cool. And I've watched some of the newer Netflix animated version of She-Ra, and it's done pretty well. It's a totally like a kiddish vibe, but it's like it'd be interesting mm. to see a live action take on it. Yeah, I feel like these are the kind of shows that like had to be cartoons in that era from like a CG and costuming and all that kind of stuff perspective that the fact that they can make some of these as live action is pretty wild now. Uh, just from oh, like yeah, the CG sure. they're able to do, the environments they can create without having to build. Like it's kind of a neat time to be uh, experiencing the imagination of what was only possible in animation. Now being able to be done with live action actors with all of the CG behind them, it's it's a interesting time. Well, we've got a remake of The Lost Boys coming, starring uh, Noah. Is it Noah Jupe? 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 I don't know. know. So he's from from A Quiet Place. You know him from A Quiet Place. And Jaden Martell, you know him from It. So um, I don't don't have much information on this. Uh, Wes, do you know on like what, where it's it's going? Is it like a theater kind of deal or is it a streaming platform kind of deal? I don't know. I, I imagine that usually when they announce these things, they usually say it's done by for a certain streaming service but like Mm -hmm. if they don't you kind of assume that it'll go to theaters i guess um but i'm guessing since that has pretty reputable actors as far as like who's in it so far it sounds like it may be a theatrical release but um i don't know lost boys is probably one top five favorite movies for me so it's like i don't know how i feel about this yet um i like those two actors i like them both in in uh and Quiet Place was, he did a super good job, and obviously it they did a really good job with that. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't know who was playing who, and like once you throw a remake into mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. automatically gives me like a like a it's scary. I don't, know, I don't know about that. But they have had some direct to video sequels of Lost Boys, and they've all been not that great. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm interested, but I'll stay optimistic yeah, about it. Yeah, we'll sure. keep we'll keep tabs on it. All yeah. the news that comes out with this. Do you think we get a Kiefer Sutherland or a Corey Feldman cameo in in these by chance? I guarantee you, it'd be a Corey Feldman cameo because he's been <laughs> in all the direct sequel, direct video sequels. So uh, I'm and sure what's there's going to be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be. In, I'd yeah, be I would hope so. So this is a fun one. We have a Steve Urkel story, animated holiday special. 
Steve Urkel's coming back, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the kids it's are called, clamoring for it. <laughs> it's called Did I Do That? for the hol- to the holidays. Uh, and it's voiced by Jaleel White. So uh, he's coming back. Cause, you know, Speaking of people, where it's like, what are they doing? Uh, that's what Jaleel White's doing. <laughs> it's I guess it's animated uh, because he probably looks old at this point. It would be interesting to see him actually beat Urkel again, but we'll take the voice. But uh, the kind of synopsis is it'll follow another set of misfortunes created by Steve Urkel as he tries to score some points with Santa Claus during the holidays. So you guys excited about this? I will watch this. I will soak up any Christmas special <laughs> in this category for sure. Yeah, It's going to be sure. on Cartoon Network and then they'll eventually put it on HBO Max. So we'll get to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It's like Family Matters is like the one uh, sitcom that hasn't really done like some sort of revival of any kind. So it's like mm. uh, I'm very anxious to see like what does a Steve Urkel look like in modern day, even though it's animated. Like how does how do they make that appealing to the Cartoon Network audience or whatever? So we'll see. But yeah. I love that it's a Christmas special. I eat this kind of stuff up. So mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> very excited for it. I'm still waiting on that step-by-step reboot. Oh, man. That's a big cast to pull together for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's something special about like little holiday shorts I think like Cody. This. I think that Cody's are... canceled, so I don't think he can go uh, okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was gonna say, there's, I think there's something special about like holiday special like this that like they don't have to be absolute top notch for you to watch them once a year. Where there's like a lot of really great movies that you don't watch every year, and I think yeah. there's some cleverness in making them a holiday special to see if it's like a little test market. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the intentionality around some of that kind of stuff. Well, I am for real actually intrigued by this one. I won't say excited, but I'm intrigued. And they've announced that they're making a That 90s show. And I'm intrigued because, hey, it's finally a decade that I remember. Um, (laughs) Now, the original That that 70s show came out in 1999. And uh, I believe it was uh, surrounding the year 1976 was the first year that it was covering. And I've been saying for a few years now, it's like, hey, if they were to make that show again, but with the same time difference, it would be called That 90s Show. And here we are. They're making That 90s Show. It's set in Wisconsin in 95. And uh, you have Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp coming back as Red and Kitty Foreman. So we've got the anchors there. Um, Which is I weird would... because I could have sworn that he died like a few years ago. I was so surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I, I was thought surprised he, he, was I thought he died. He <laughs> probably is too. Yeah. Of course, we, we, we saw Deborah, Deborah Jo Rupp recently in WandaVision. So we knew she was still, oh, yeah. still out there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this one's kind of following the daughter of, of Eric Foreman and Donna. So, but it, apparently, I don't know, maybe there'll be cameos at least by Topher Grace and Laura Prepon. Sure, surely. Um, but it's, it's their, their daughter visiting their grandparents for the summer. And so then they're going to have a whole other bunch of neighborhood kids, I'm sure. Maybe there'll be a Kelso there. Who knows? Hopefully a foreign exchange student like Fez mm-hmm. can get the whole gang back together. But it, that one's going to be interesting. And man, I really, I hope, I hope, I hope 
that this is not another one where they're going to bank on just a bunch of 90s references to cover up the bad comedy. I really hope it's actually like a good show like that 70s show was. Yeah. Um, that's just set in the 90s, but we'll see. Yeah. That I'm original, excited for it too. That original cast was stellar because they did try to do like uh, that 80s show in like the early 2000s. Yeah. Yes. Which was painful. Cool. Yeah. It got canceled yes. first season, but. It's a portable phone. <laughs> that's what I remember from the. <laughs> trailer so i'm in a lot of ways i hope because they've they've released like a few uh like 90s centric throwback shows on netflix and that kind of stuff that have a full myriad of palpability in some sense when it's like ooh, this one's real cringy because it's just like back-to-back slap bracelet jokes and there's other ones whereas like you look at like it or stranger things that have sort of figured out how to get that balance of like 80s references without relying on like 80s humor style or 80s kitschiness. And so there would be some welcomed value to a a show doing that well for the 90s that I feel like no one has really intentionally encapsulated yet. I hope that they... And it gives me hope, hope, it gives me hope that they're like starting it in 95 because that's kind of very much kind of like the alternative grunge era. Yes. Yeah. So I hope that there's, like you say, less like slap bracelet jokes and the kind of like wacky, uh, bright, like kind of the Fresh Prince style fashion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's actually kind of a little more grounded and less kind of just hokey. So yeah, well, that kind of gives decades, me hope. Decade, there's kind of bleed over in decades when, in the early parts of the decade. So like, there's still a little bit of 80s vibe in the early 90s, right? But yeah. you get to 95 and it's like full blown 90s at that point. And it's like it's 95 like stuff that is 90s, you know, centric. Super true. 95 is my favorite time period in the 90s. Like I love the mm. music and all the movies and everything that kind of came out in that kind of era. So I'm Twister came out in 95. 96. I see you guys. And Toy, you guys. And Toy Story. Was, it was in 96. 96. All right. Colin, look it up. Check it. On it. You're probably right. I really don't want to disappoint our fans in the back. Hey, I just, I just like that you guys have some confidence on how, how you're doing it. But uh, to be the bearer of the official news, it's it is, 97, uh, isn't it? May 10th, 1996. Dang it! Oh. All right. Sorry, so I doubted Sorry, myself George there at the end. Okay. Uh, all right. Well. Anyways, Helen Hunt is mad now. <laughs> All right, what movie came out in 95? Forrest Gump? No, that was 94. Angus came out in 95. Angus came out, there we go. Angus, there we Bill, go. Billy Madison came out in 95. Heavyweights yep. came out in 95. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ace Ventura. Uh, thank Pat's, you, Wes. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Yes. Mm. Major Pain. <laughs> okay, well, 95 was a good year. Indeed. Braveheart, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully there will be references to Major Pain in that 90s show. I hope there is. <laughs> Probably so, not. Tommy Boy, maybe. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to this i'm hoping it's at least decent it you know uh, it'll probably be like girl meets world or something where it's just you yeah. know it's it not exists, gonna look but, the same yeah. magic but yeah maybe it'll at least be passable so uh we have some trailers that are out there right now that you can go look up on youtube and have released that we'll talk about the first one is the new scream it's a new generation folks 
We've got Nev Campbell returning. We've got uh, David Arquette returning. We've got Courtney Cox coming back. Uh, but it's a it's a new round of young people getting slashed and murdered. <laughs> and we, we can't wait to see them get gutted like a fish. <laughs> Was there any? What did you guys of, think of this trailer? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll say that. Uh, trailers wise, I feel like it should be interesting. I mean, obviously, it's definitely a category that I walk into with uh, very hesitant watchability, but. Uh, I feel like representing the original Scream anthology, eh, I guess it's technically like a whole sequence, but like I watched all of these regrettably in the era in which they were released. So I'm intrigued. I'll say it that way. Like, I feel like they're doing it well. It feels like a late nineties slashery kind of (laughs) silly movie. Mm -hmm. Like I feel, okay, here's what I'll say. I feel like having been a big fan of scary movie, I feel like this feels like the right kind of movie that that movie would have made fun of. I'll say it that way. So I've said it before on this podcast, and I'm going next just because, Wes, I'm sure you have feelings um, being the horror aficionado. Uh, but, hey, you're a huge Scream fan. You, you've you yeah. proclaimed that last episode, so go ahead with your That's scream. right. I've talked about Scream. I talked about it as recently as last episode. Um, and... It's funny. I watched this trailer and I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> and it's not because it looks bad or anything, because it's just that genre yes. that I always tend to avoid. It's yes. the stress of watching it. Yes. And uh, I'm not even sure. I never. I don't think I ever actually saw Scream 4. So I, um, I might have some catching up to do. It's good to know that those three survived Scream 4, whatever happens in it. <laughs> but... Um, I watching it, it took me back. I like how it opens up very, very similar to the original screen with Drew Barrymore alone in the house. And the, do you like scary movies? But it's obviously updated, um, you know, with a smart home and a cell phone and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. with the texting. So it is, it did get me a little excited just because it's like, hey, yeah, it like looks like a legitimately good slasher movie, but updated. Um, what I hope that they retain is the the fact that what I love the, about the original Scream is that they didn't take it didn't take itself too seriously and kind of was a parody in and of itself. Uh, it made itself yeah. kind of like a meta you know, horror movie that made fun of tropes, you know, like girls running up the stairs instead of out of the house, you know, when they're being attacked. So I, I hope they retain that stuff. I felt like they kind of fell away from it in their sequels too. So I'm, I don't have my hopes up, but uh, it looks, it looks good. Again, I have to muster up the courage and the energy to actually watch it, <laughs> but yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. To your point about like kind of what the original kind of had commentary on. Um, I kind of feel like the second one briefly kind of touched on like the sequel kind of mentality the -hmm. third one didn't really have much to say about anything other than just hollywood in general the fourth one um they kind of had commentary on the whole remake because like a lot of remakes were going on during that time so it was like the whole kind of point was this killer was kind of remaking what the original was doing so for this one i don't know what they're going to have commentary on 
a part mm-hmm. of me kind of thinks like, is it not even going to be horror movie related commentary, but is it going to be more of the smartphone, the smart lo- house kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the original one that's so iconic with the landline phone and they yeah. even did it in this one, like, why are you calling my landline kind of a thing? So it's like, I'm wondering if it's going to be a commentary on kind of the smart thing. I don't know, but they could have a totally different take on it but my first instinct about this is i'm like it's it, it seems kind of sad um it just seems like the same three people are coming back to do this again like didn't we already see scream four and it was it was okay right. it wasn't bad but it was like we really didn't need it and i kind of feel that way about this one it's like it just feels like a cash grab it just feels like okay why are we doing this again and more so it's like i hate this when movies call themselves it, it doesn't have a sequel name or anything it just goes back to the original title of scream yeah. that's all it's called it's not called scream five or anything or mm-hmm. scream subtitle it's scream and that's the same thing that happened with halloween did that ghostbusters yeah. did that and it just it just causes confusion later on where you just have to tag on the the year to like whatever the movie was so i just hate it when that happens it just creates confusion it's like is this a remake no that it's a sequel but it's just i wonder if that's the commentary on it where they're trying to reboot it it's like i don't know if reboots is kind of the commentary rather than remakes um or legacy sequels or what but um I don't know. Well, I mean, there there is kind of a, a trope that, like, I mean, look, you look at Halloween, the most recent Halloween, it's Jamie Lee Curtis still battling Michael Myers, right? And how, how often has that happened? It's the same kind of thing here where it's like, all right, well, you know, Nev Campbell, she's just never going to be able to shake, yeah. you know, someone copycatting the, the screen killer, uh, Ghostface. So, but I do I don't know, have a- talk about that. I do have a theory though. All the all the poster, t- all the advertisements say like it's always somebody you know. So it's like, um, I wonder if it's one of the original three who is the killer. Ooh. And my instinct is to think David that, that that it's Sidney Prescott. Like I think uh, that's oh Campbell. snap because all right, well, it makes me wonder it. if like it's because nobody should care about Scream right now. I wonder if she's like mad that she's not getting the attention because all. Th- four movies have been centered around killing her and the yeah. killer being after her. So it's like, nobody cares about me. So I'm going to make, I'm going to make this relevant again and like bring it up. So maybe that's kind of the commentary. Dang, man. I so. bet that's it. We don't have to watch it anymore. It's pretty it's good. good. You just Future spoiler. Me. Yeah, that's good. I like it. It's I like good. it. I don't, they'll have to be delicate with that though. I mean, like, Oh, it's, it's, it's gutsy. It's gutsy for character. sure. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like that's the only way to kind of make people give a crap about it. Yeah. If it has like that kind of like gaspy twist. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's even expect if they're, if they know that's expected by now or not. Yeah. But very interesting. Okay. Well, speaking of home invasions, we have another <laughs> Home Alone coming out. We have Home Sweet Home Alone. Uh, very fun title, and it's essentially a remake of Home Alone. And uh, the trailer is out right now. You can watch it, and uh, you, I mean, you know, yeah, it's the same movie as all the other ones before it. Kim gets left home alone. Uh, some guys try to rob him, and shenanigans happen. And he does Which things I think... to the robbers that should kill them, but doesn't. 
I think by the time that you're hearing this, it's probably come out yet, and you've probably known how terrible it is. So, um, yeah, let's theorize come on. about it. It could be great. Yeah, it could be, probably but not. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think as far as the trailer goes, it's like I I feel like they always get the wrong idea about what we like about Home Alone. I feel like they always think like it's oh, it's about the traps and it's about the hijinks that happen with the burglars but it's like the one the thing that made it so good about the first two were the characters it's like you know there was always the last act of like you know 15 minutes of all the the stuff but it's like there's a whole movie beforehand before that happens and it's the characters and i feel like they're really missing the mark on like what makes Home Alone special. Mm-hmm. I feel like little kids are probably yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. A, a big part. Sorry, a big part of that uh, of the original and the second one was the heart behind you know misjudging people with you know the bird lady and with his neighbor. Like there was the part of it that showed through a kid's eyes the things that can be scary, but then in the end are not so scary you were you know you just kind of build it up in your head of course there's the hijinks and all the stuff that go along with it to make it fun and entertaining but like that was the big heart behind the original um which i don't i don't think they've ever really recaptured since the second one i'm interested to see i'm interested to see what this new cast does uh because i feel like there's always like that well maybe more in the second home alone than the first one but there's always those little injections of uh era that are sort of like on display in some of the movies that i'll just be interested to see if they try to hold on to what made the original ones funny or you know personality driven or if they try to bring it into like what would be considered like a more modern humor style because i think we kind of saw that happen wrong it, when they were remaking uh, Dumb and Dumber, like that humor style has changed dramatically. Uh, so trying to do that humor style now feels a little out of place. Uh, whereas yeah. if they would have figured out a way to like adapt forward the humor style for Dumb and Dumber, it would have been magical. Uh, but also maybe wouldn't have wanted it. So I, it's such a tough line to toe. I'll be so interested to see what they do with all of it. I'll make this uh, similarity with Ghostbusters. I can always bring it back to Ghostbusters mm-hmm. if I want to. <laughs> um, with Ghostbusters Answer to Call 2016, it's like they were focusing on making a comedy. But I don't think the original Ghostbusters were concerned with making a comedy. Mm-hmm. It, just hap- it just happened to be funny. I think with this Home Alone, they should have approached it. I, I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. But approaching it with the heart and mind first and then letting the comedy kind of follow it. Um, yeah, which I don't know how they approach the original, but it's like, I feel like, you know, that's what Ghostbusters Afterlife seems to do is like follow the heart and what you kind of love about Ghostbusters and the rest will kind of follow with it. So not putting like, oh, it's funny. Let's just make it like 100 percent comedy. So um, I'm I I just feel like that would be a better approach for something like Home Alone. Yeah, that's a good point. That's great. Uh, um, By the way, last year, the three of us sat and watched Home Alone and provided (laughs) our own fun commentary along with the movie. So 
we're entering the holiday season. If you watch Home Alone, go ahead and look in our past podcast episode. You'll find it. We um, sat and watched and discussed and talked during the movie. So if you want to kind of have a little extra oomph to your Home Alone watching experience, go ahead and find it and watch along with us as we talk about that film. Mm-hmm. For our or, Christmas episode this year, should we watch this movie and have a whole <laughs> different <laughs> experience yeah, with good. it? <laughs> I definitely think we should do something. Um, what that is is well is negotiable. I, I'm I'm I feel like there are other good classic holiday movies we could do. So like you know I don't want to throw them out yet, but I we'll talk about it. This could be a fun one to do just because we haven't watched it. We could Mystery Science Theater 3000 it. (laughs) But I don't know. Uh, Let us know. Like, post in comments on Instagram or wherever. Send us a message. Uh, Should we watch watch the new Home Alone movie or should we watch a other classic? Or did you hate when we did Home Alone? Was that, like, (laughs) completely boring and you didn't like having two hours of us talking? Or what should we do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested in seeing what other people say. We should put that poll out on Instagram or something. That's yeah. true. Um, but we'll, we'll do something. I feel like it has to be done. I like this. It should be a tradition. We'll do our own riff tracks or whatever. <laughs> um, TBD, stay tuned. Indeed. Keep subscribed. And follow us at PassForwardCast on Twitter and Instagram. And there give you us go. your thoughts. Or you can send us an email, PassForwardCast at AWOL.com. Moving along, we have a trailer (laughs) for The Matrix Resurrection. So we all thought it was over, and we were all so confused. (laughs) But we're like, okay, I guess it did end. And then it's like, nope, just kidding, it didn't end. So um, Neo's coming back. We've got Keanu. We've got uh, got, Trinity. We have bearded Keanu, which is a very... Which, which is th- which is the main thing I hated about Bill and Ted Three is that mm, they he, shaved his face. You got to have bearded Keanu, so I'm, yes. I'm glad about that. Bearded Keanu is the pinnacle Keanu. It's everybody's favorite. <laughs> um, should be interesting. It looks pretty good, honestly. It does. I I thought so anyway. I, it's I, I love the music that they put behind it. Um, yeah. It's. Yeah, it's a very well done trailer. We'll put it that way. And they've they've piqued my interest and the way they've set it up. I've had to go back and try to remember what happened in the previous trilogy. I don't well, I say remember, maybe learn for the first time because I was so confused <laughs> uh, as to what actually happened. But um, he seems to be back in in the Matrix and willfully back in the Matrix. Uh, there seems to have been some sort of possible truce between him and the machine to put him back, plug him back in. Maybe it's the new iteration because I know there were seven or something previous iterations mm-hmm. of the Matrix before. So um, I don't know. Maybe you guys know the lore better than I do. But Dude, either I, way, if you check out the trailer, it, it looks pretty cool and more shenanigans are happening as far as uh, like the bullet time and um, all the fun things we left about the original trilogy. Dude, I never even saw the third one. I saw the first two oh, th- really? in theaters. I kind of liked the second one, but for whatever reason, I just did not. I I think I heard bad things about it, and I just never watched it. Hmm. Um, the first one was enough for me. I don't know. It was so incredible that it could have just stood alone to me. So still haven't watched it, and I probably won't watch it 
even watching watching the new ones because they have to give a recap or like what's going on so it's like i don't think i'm going to be missing much because i don't think a lot of other people even remember what happened or like what you said or ever even knew what happened so we'll see but it is a very good trailer it looks very good so hopefully they can redeem themselves and i hope that that's it i don't I hope they don't kind of keep going, but we'll see. Yeah. I think they did a great job of uh, poking at our nostalgia about the originals. Cause I actually went back and watched the original matrix, like not too long ago, just to watch it in my now formed frontal lobe <laughs> in some sense. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it holds up way better than I thought it would just not even like from a CG or whatever perspective, but just from like the, concept of how much we have all been raised in like this uh mind melding of like advertising and what it means to be a human being in the era that we are living in i feel like it just sort of like toys obviously like you know the whole like concept of us all living in the matrix is believed by some a simulation but uh the reality of like even if that's not all true we're all still controlled or manipulated more than we want to admit by uh something outside of us and i think it just it holds up well so i hope that they as our society has like progressed or digressed forward uh in some of those categories i hope they continue to represent it well as a uh franchise well, as more trailers release, I'm sure we'll talk about it. As more things um, mm. come out about it, we'll, we'll definitely keep you updated. Of course, when it comes out, we'll see it for sure. And we'll probably review it. And speaking of reviews, we have things to review. And by we, I mean mostly Wes. And the, <laughs> the segment we like to call Wes Allen's Review Room or something like that. Um, Would watch. Yes. So there are a couple things that have released that we've talked about in the past. Uh, I... Uh, embarrassingly did not <laughs> watch these things but um well we'll go ahead and talk about them real quick um the the wonder years is out the new rebooted version of the wonder years i've been wanting to watch it have not had the time i'll blame it on having a baby how hmm. about that that's my story and i'm sticking there to you it go. um that's that's a poor excuse we watch other shows but the wonder years has been out uh colin i know you've watched a little bit of it wes have you watched it yeah, I've watched all of them so far. It's one. Of, it's, it's this crazy thing. You like you have to wait each week to watch it. So it's like what? it's really weird. So I don't know. I don't That's like crazy. that aspect of it. But yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> As of recording, I've seen them all so far. Yeah. What are your? What I'm are intrigued your by your thoughts? perspective more than mine. So yeah, run amok. Uh, I like it. Um, I I feel like it's. It kind of started strong and then it kind of got in this weird area where it kind of didn't know if it wanted to be a comedy or not. I feel like they kind of leaned a little too much into it. Kind of like what I was saying about like the heart versus comedy aspect. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's kind of found its feet a little bit the last three, two or three episodes where I think that what made the original Wonder Year so special is not necessarily like, oh, Kevin, like we love his point of view on everything. It's like, or like what his life is, but it was more so of like seeing life through his eyes of like his parents, his, his siblings and things going on around him that like 
oh, I'm coming of age. I'm, I'm growing older and I'm starting to see my parents or my family as humans, not just like these people that like I've been around my entire life. But it's like, I feel like that that's kind of the more special moments that have like a ton of heart in this one is like when he's kind of more of a fly on the wall rather than like, Oh, we're, I'm a 12 year old and get into hijinks or like stuff is weird right now, or my body's weird, but like really just kind of seeing his, his dad or his mom in a certain light and like kind of realizing things for the first time. So I feel like that's kind of what has really made it special, but it's not really a knock against the show itself, but more so ABC, the network. It's like, I feel like all ABC shows, or at least most of them have this certain gloss to them that I can't really articulate like what it is, but Mm. it's like, I don't know if it's too overproduced or too underproduced, or it's like it tries too hard or if it doesn't try enough. I don't, you guys might have like more, you know, parameters around like what that is, but it's like, I can't really put my finger on it, but it it has a little bit of that, that like ABC gloss to it, that I'm like, not sure um, what it is about. It doesn't feel like classic or it doesn't feel like, you know, iconic in any way. It just feels kind of like uh, too modern sitcom-y. Like, I don't know what it is. Do you yeah. have thoughts, Colin? I know you watched the first episode. Can you put words around what I'm saying? Because I don't yeah, really know how to articulate it. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that uh, vantage point about ABC in general. I'll have to think about that one. Um, but I know what you're saying from like a production style is it does feel weird for something to be so high quality that is trying to be nostalgic. I feel like our brains don't play with that super well. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like somehow Stranger Things gets away with it. I feel like somehow, like, it gets away with it from, like, I don't know if they're using, like, the right color palettes or grain or whatever that makes it feel like our brains are still watching it on film. Is it, like, Uh, a digital versus film kind of thing? Is that... Yeah, Is it as simple as that? It could be. Like, I don't know if there's, like, something about, like, the glow of what you used to get out of some of the film stocks and that kind of stuff, which gets to a really technical perspective, but... Well, I mean, the the quality is sharper, too, just in general, right? Like, so much definition is in there. It's high definition, and it's widescreen. So, I mean, you have that, you know, subconsciously floating around in your brain. So, yeah, I I, I don't know exactly what you're saying, Wes, but I kind of think I see what what you're going with. Like, some things that seem to... That what the setting doesn't match. It is funny. So like so this is is it set in the sixties? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's funny for us. We think of the sixties. We think of a specific color palette. But people who live in the sixties and real life see the same color palette that we see now. <laughs> so and in high definition. But like when we watch something on TV, we expect it to look like the sixties. Or how media has told us what the 60s looks like through TV. Well, it's even Uh, like the network, like I say, I feel like it's specifically an ABC thing. Because, like, you you know, you go to NBC, you watch uh, This Is Us. It doesn't feel like that. Like, it feels Hmm. a little more cinematic. Which, like, I kind of feel like the original Wonder Years felt a little more cinematic. um, Rather than a sitcom or you know, whatever. So it's like, 
I kind of wish that they would kind of approach this as that rather than like another one of their sitcoms that they have. Hmm. Um, okay. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's um, some. It's interesting. Like I actually just watched the like a clip of the first episode just to get like back in my brain a little bit. It's almost like they're putting the Barbara Walters filter on a generation in a weird way. Meaning like it's not, it's trying to transport you into something that it actually isn't being conveyed as in a weird way. Like Barbara Walters style is like, our brains are like 1991, you know, it's like where our brains like get to the Barbara Walters thought process of like what her soft filter glowy look. And they kind of, if you look at even like the way they're doing like the foreground background stuff, it does have this like Gaussian blur to it that is not film depth of field huh. blur. It's really interesting now that I actually look at it with the detail you've described. I hadn't thought about that being in all ABC shows, but I guess what that might be trying to evoke, which I guess this whole show is trying to get to, uh, is like this sense of nostalgia, but how relevant it is in modern time, quote unquote. And I, I wonder if that's what they're trying to play on in our brains of like, oh yeah, this is the 60s, but like now, right? That I think is like, a, <laughs> I think that might be like a trope they're trying to play with that I haven't thought about that with other ABC shows, but I wonder if there's just enough ABC shows that are trying to do the same thing. Uh, or is that like this fake way of, you know, trying to create this transportational transport? Yeah, transportational feel of like where film doesn't feel like real life because it's 24 frames a second. So it's a little slower than real life. So you always feel like you're watching something else that isn't real life. Uh, that I wonder if they're trying to simulate that in the way this is being made for television. That's a, I'll have to think about that more, but that's a that's all I can think about for now. Yeah, or maybe so, there's a guy in a suit that says, it doesn't look like all the rest of our shows. Yeah. Maybe even the fact of like they just turn these so quick that it's like, you know, they have a certain way of producing them and that's yeah. just how they do it. It may yeah. be as simple as that. Sorry, I know this is a massive tangent, but it's like, <laughs> no, I love it. I, this I, is what happens. Yeah. This is what happens uh, when you have a couple of graphic designers who are visually <laughs> like in tune with color this, and tone and all that stuff. But that's more of a knock on ABC, I think, rather than the show itself. I don't feel like I'm knocking the show with that. But it's like the storytelling's great. I feel like the perspective's great as far as, you know, the African-American during the civil rights movement is a fantastic point of view to have in this era, which, you know, ever since they announced this, I'm like, yes, that that's a perfect way to reboot uh, the Wonder Years. And Don Cheadle does a great job of narrating. I feel like he's a great person to do that. And I don't know. it's, It's a good show and I would recommend it. Uh, it has good music too, which another yeah. plus for it, which the original had as well. But like you yeah. know, it's good. Well, real quickly, let's move through these other two. So we have Chucky, which I'm not going to watch. Just throw that out there, even though it's being advertised everywhere in my face and with my one-year-old daughter walking around. The whole thing's going to traumatize her the way it traumatized me watching those ads. <laughs> but anyway, so true. Wes, have you watched the new Chucky? I have. I've watched again up to what is the current it's another one of those stupid things where i have to wait every week to watch what are they doing um but who watches tv like that chucky has had an interesting journey we kind of touched on it last time where it's like it's he's 
everything that's come out has been a continuous story other than the child's play uh remake they came out with a couple years ago but as far as chucky goes like all of the sequels and stuff has been the same timeline and has connected with one another and it's actually had the same writer across all of them and the writer has started directing them ever since uh seed of chucky so the director and writer is doing the show so they all connect so it's not like a remake or like starting over of any kind like it's still connected even though there's new characters new setting all that Uh, it's still same timeline so that that part is very interesting the tone however throughout the Chucky movies has been uh, all over the place. They got really first three child's plays were great. And then they got hokey with bride of Chucky, seed of Chucky. And then they kind of uh, curse of Chucky and cult of Chucky kind of got back to like kind of the more serious tone. Um, But this one is the interesting thing. The thing that I love about it is that it goes back to the coming of age thing, like where, it's not involving adults anymore as as it is involving a younger person. This kid is in high school, so he's not quite as young as like the first few movies, but it does get back to that like uh, coming of age kind of vibe to it, which I feel like that's where child's play needs to stay, where Chucky needs to stay. Um, so I love that aspect of it, even though it's kind of a little older as high school age or whatever, but. Um, it's good. Um, it's kind of the storyline I've kind of anticipating it has, I've kind of thought it was going to go a certain way and I was kind of bummed that it was going that way. And then it kind of turned the last minute and I was glad about that. So it's in a good rhythm now. Um, but I like it. If you, if you've followed Chucky, you, I'm sure you're already watching it, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know how much of it is like, you can just come in cold with it as much. Mm. Cause I know they're going to start tying in certain like Jennifer Tilly and stuff like that from, you know, Bride of Chucky on, but it's like, uh, so far it's been good. I don't know. It, it <laughs> hasn't been like super great, but it hasn't been bad, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's good. Okay. Well, there was another one that came out that I willfully did not watch, but it's for different reasons. And it's the new Space Jam. Uh, we haven't talked about that one since it came out, but I was going to watch it. I was planning on watching it, but then I heard about what it was, and it seemed to confirm all my suspicions from watching the trailer. So I just haven't had really the yeah. the willingness to sit down for a couple hours and just watch it. Um, so... Wes, I would love to hear your thoughts on the new Space Jam. Um, and, you know, especially as a 90s basketball fan, so I know you love the first Space Jam. Uh, how, did, how did this one live up? Well, I'm, I'm bummed. I'm, I thought that we were going to be able to riff on this together, but it's like, I'm sad that... Sorry. <laughs> I, re- I should have watched it, knowing we were going to talk about it. I still like that was one of those things where... That's my bad. But... Yeah, it's like I, I don't. It, it came out what in July, so it's it's been yeah, a very long time since it's come out. So, if I don't think you know me talking about it's going to make you not watch it or watch it, you've probably made your <laughs> decision by now. Um, but um, it was not great. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't necessarily bad. It just wasn't good. Um, 
I <laughs> I just feel like they tried way too hard with it. I feel uh, like yeah, they that's what they, I've heard about it. They didn't have enough confidence in I think we even said this in the trailer. They didn't have enough confidence in having Looney Tune characters in it. They felt like they had to throw every Warner Brothers property in this for people to be interested in it. But it's like, I don't think that's true. We didn't want like a Ready Player One approach to it. It's like we wanted a Space Jam. We wanted Looney Tunes. uh, Yeah. You see, it just reeked of executives controlling a property. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you don't blame the writer for it. You blame all the suits and producers saying, well, it's got to have Magilla Gorilla in it. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? We have the property. Yeah, it just it just feels like they they just did not have enough confidence and they're like, We gotta make it cool. We gotta make it like what the kids like. Make it very video gamey and throw everything at it and, and doing that made it not timeless. This is not gonna hold up over time, I don't think. Uh, time will tell, but it's like, I just don't think it will. And it's like, I wanted it to be good because we've been waiting a long time for this. And LeBron has been rumored and announced and all that stuff for this for a long time. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's just, the plot is way too complicated. It's like, it's like, I can't imagine a kid trying to like make sense of this. Um, but it's like, uh, it's, I guess you can say it's entertaining because it's like there's a lot going on. So you're never bored, really. But it's like they just throw too much in it. It's it's just the whole blender mentality where they just threw everything in it. And it's just like, I don't know. Um, but it's like I've heard a joke saying, well, it's like I didn't like the new space. Jam. Well, you're like 30 years old. You know, this is meant for kids. So it's like I'm probably just an old man. And like, I'm sure kids liked this. But I, I think. It makes me wonder if kids just like the idea of it rather than the actual movie. Because it's like, yeah. you know, you see people wearing the jerseys of it and all that kind of stuff. And I see a lot of stuff, all the promotional material with it. But it's like, I think people like the idea of this movie, but rather than, but just they, the, the movie was didn't. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, if you've seen the trailer, say- if you've seen the trailer, you've kind of, you get a sense of what it is. Like it's, yeah, it's that, just an extended, it's it. an extended trailer. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. That's exactly what I've heard. And that's why I didn't watch it. Um, I did show it to my nieces and nephews, like a bunch of my nieces and nephews were over uh, and we needed them to be quiet. So we put them in a room and I loaded up my projector and projected that movie on the wall so they could all sit and watch it. Uh, when they came out of there, they all seemed to really like it. Mm. Uh, so I didn't really ask them too many questions about it. But they're like, yeah, it was good. Um, so to that point, it's like, okay, well, you know, I guess they hit their main demo. But at the same time, they know when they put Space Jam on there that it's going to attract a whole bunch of 30-somethings in there. So it's like if you are remaking something from some from someone's childhood that they loved so much, like, are you not going to throw them a ball in at all? Like, you're alienating half of the people that you're attracting to see this movie. You know that the way that kids are going to watch this movie are their parents forcing them to watch it because they loved the original. So yeah. it's like, okay, you're going to have both kids and parents watching this movie. Uh, how about making it for both? You know? I don't know. I mean, we've had this discussion before on when it comes to kids properties and you know who do you go for do you go for the adults or do you go for the kids uh i think this is an example of one where it's like you gotta just make a freaking good movie just worrying about who it's for (laughs) yeah 
It'll so, find its audience if you slap the name on it, like you say. It's like, but I don't know. yeah, people so are going to come. Whole, like, that for me, the whole like, you know, oh, well, that's not for you. It's not for adults. Kind of falls apart because it's like, well, it kind of is though. Like, I mean, it was a property from something that we held dear in our hearts and we're really excited to see again. Well, it's and like Marvel movies. It's like it's not necessarily for kids, but kids love them and adults right. love them and everybody mm. loves them. So just yeah. make a good movie and everybody will come and see it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. That's why it's like they tried way too hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, yep. it's a mess, but I don't yeah. know. I feel like, you know, it was just as ridiculous as we all wanted it to be in, or as it needed to be maybe in that way to say that. But like, I feel like you saying it's like ready player one, uh, but like somehow during the NBA draft or something like that, like it feels like a weird <laughs> mashup. Like, uh, it's almost like, uh, if they threw, if they made like, uh, if somehow for the same, for some weird booking mishap, like Comic-Con and the final four were like happening at the same time in the same arena, <laughs> like it's sort of what it feels like in some That's goofy exactly way. That's exactly what it or is. Or really like, like I guess, exactly. you know, like I think it's just like so much weird basketball mixed with like franchise that uh, doesn't super make a lot of sense when it comes to it being a movie it's totally like a like Corey was saying like it's a showcase of how many things we own as warner brothers in some goofy yeah. way uh which i get like that's you know a, a fun thing to play with it's sort of what disney is toying with when it comes to all of the different properties that they own from yeah star wars like and... have you have you seen uh free guy not yet not Ryan yet Ryan reynolds not yet I, I just watched it the other day. It's 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 like good old fashioned. Just like sit back, popcorn movie, watch it. It's like it's not going to win any awards or anything, but it's like it's enjoyable. It's pure joy to watch. Mm. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's like I wish that Space Jam took this approach where it's like it has properties, but it uses them like inty binty like sparingly like mm. it's just like a joke and it's done and it's like it, do yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with the plot but it's like it's done so tastefully but it's there and it makes you happy but it's like it's not you're not going to go to this movie like oh it's they're cramming all this stuff in here i'm going to go see that movie but it's like i don't know it it was yeah. just more ridiculous somehow than ready player one was as far as like having the characters and properties in it. But it, it, I will say it is kind of, it brought me joy. It's like, I saw, you know, Yakko Wacko and dot in the audience. <laughs> I saw a small space ghost floating in the back. Like you see these like characters, you're like, Oh, I haven't seen them like in this, a live action ish format mm -hmm. ever. So it's like, it's fun to see that, but it's like, is it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but at what cost? Yeah. I kind of had the same feeling which I guess this can be like, you know, my, the end of my uh, abstract thoughts about it. But like, I had the same feeling of like when they made the um, Peanuts CG movie mm -hmm. of like, oh, so that's what they'd be like in 3D. That's cool. <laughs> okay, stop showing. Oh, there's another hour and 40 minutes left. Like, I don't want to watch anymore. And <laughs> like, that's plenty. I kind of felt like that a little bit uh, of like, that's enough. Like end of thought, and somewhere way like that's enough. Yeah. Like you don't have to keep going. And then there was just like so much more movie left. 
Yeah. I mean, granted, like I didn't watch it in the best of circumstances, I'll admit, <laughs> but uh, I think there's like a part of watching it. I was like, that's probably the better way of experiencing it in some sense. Like it was just like a little bit of a distraction. Yeah, it's like I, I might pop it on, but I'll put it in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Maybe that's how I'll watch it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's a disappointment. But hey, what do you guys think of our nerd rage? Are you also nerd raged out? Let us know uh, at PassForwardCast, Twitter, Instagram. Or are we too big a nerds? Then uh, you can let us know there too. We also have an email, PassForwardCast at AOL.com. Uh, leave us a review. Yeah, I haven't asked for that very much, but go ahead and do that. I don't know. It's fine if you don't. If you want, yeah. I mean. If you want, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have lots of stuff that we just kind of tried to blaze through and didn't really blaze through it. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for <laughs> listening. And we are slowly getting these episodes out because of life and stuff, but we really appreciate you guys staying subscribed and checking back for more episodes. Make sure you follow us on social and we'll let you know when all the episodes are out. I'm very excited for our next episode because we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. It will Ooh. be released into the world finally after all the delays and everything 2020 and this Man. year. So it's like it's finally coming out and I'm finally excited that we can see it and talk about it. So you guys better see it so that we I, so can talk about it. I will see this one. <laughs> Wes, with a one-year-old girl, you have to prioritize. Or one-year-old, it doesn't have to be a girl. I will pay you for our babysitter to go see. <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to that. Because it's like, okay, we I'll have so many other that. movies we need to see. It's, we have a backlog of movies we need to see. And it's like, ah, man, we have like maybe one shot or two shots to see a movie in a month. So I understand. Uh, well, we'll I'll see. F- I'll film it for you. It. I'll film it for <laughs> yeah. you and then show it. Bootleg it, yeah. yeah. I won't put it uh, on the internet. Calm down, everybody that's trying to get me arrested. I'm just oh, going to show knock on your door. I think somebody's <laughs> at your house. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to hear some nerd rage or maybe some nerd rejoicing, make sure you listen next episode. Wes talks about his favorite franchise of all time. And I think that's it for us. So until next time. I'll go put some beer in a bucket. <laughs> make it a blockbuster night. Later stories. Pass Forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Not! Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's over! Oh, yeah! Kick it!